This is the Talent Talks podcast from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I'm Alan Caesar. This special episode of Talent Talks is a collaboration between Embry-Riddle's Career Services Office and the Office of Alumni Engagement. What you're about to hear is a recording of the first in a series of webinars focusing on the options available in the current fast-changing job market. You can participate in the second part of the webinar series on May 27th by registering at alumni.erau.edu slash events, or you can tune in here for part two of the podcast. Um, so my name is Sandy Oman, and I work for the Career Services Office in Daytona Beach. I'm an assistant director there. I'm excited to be able to talk to everybody today and welcome my fellow colleagues um, from Career Services to help talk about what's in your toolkit. So we're going to get started because we want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, what the job market is right now, what's changing, what are we seeing on the Career Services side, and how can we help you, and we also want to find out where, what your interests are so that when we come back for our next talent talk, we're able to address those needs that you have and how we can better serve you. So if Arnold and Rose and Aaron and Darren and Kevin and myself are going to be talking a little bit about what we're seeing in um, the aviation, aviation and aerospace industry and then also the job market in general. Um, each of our campuses, you know, are just a little bit different. I know what worldwide sees is a little different than what um, we're seeing on the residential campuses. The students that we work with are different. We tend to work with a little bit more of our traditional students. And oftentimes, once they go out and, and become alumni, we're typically working with them from a recruiting perspective where they're coming back and recruiting students to come and work with them. However, during times when the job market changes some, we do see more of those alumni coming back and looking for, hey, you know, this is what I'm experiencing. Do you guys have services to help? And absolutely we do. All of our campuses would help our alumni. So if the rest of you would all, um, the rest of the team presenting today would just um, chime in a little bit in just a minute and tell me, what are you seeing in the job market? I can tell you from um, my perspective, I'm seeing a pause. I'm seeing companies changing because as we know, up until a few weeks to a month or so ago, even two months ago, things were really robust. We had companies coming to campus recruiting. We had so many job opportunities, um, companies recruiting for those positions and students had lots of choices. We weren't doing a lot of um, helping with alumni because they had jobs as well. And things have come to a stop, just a standstill, not a complete stop, but a, let's wait and see. Um, Companies are still engaging with the uh, with our campus in Daytona um, and through Handshake. They want to stay connected to the students, um, but they're maybe not doing as much recruiting because recruiting looks different right now. And that's one of the things we want to chat a little bit about. Um, Arnold, or actually, let me just go to Aaron first. Aaron, would you have anything that you would share that you're seeing that might be just a little bit different than what I shared? Um. Not, I really haven't seen that much difference, except because I think I have engineering students, there seems to be a little more movement. They can work remotely, they can onboard remotely, they can do different things than you do when you have to be show up at a brick and mortar place. Um, I, I do see some pushback on start dates for full time as well as co-ops and internships. 
I think um, Darren might be able to chat about this too in a minute, but um, I think that's what we've seen from the aviation, the um, the flight side, the airline side, is that they're they're not canceling the cadet programs and those entry level programs. They're just pushing those start date back, those the start date back just a little, at least for now. Darren, would you say that's what you've been experiencing or hearing? Yeah, and to add to that. Um, you know, one, one of the things to keep in mind with some of the cadet programs or pathway programs is a lot of them aren't even getting pushed back because there's no um, financial commitment from the company to join one of those at this point. So they might be pushing um, an IOE training or first officer class or something like that. Those have been suspended or paused. But with that said, if I'm a young um, you know, young in my pilot career, now would be an um, advantageous time to join one of those programs because I can still, you know, get my class number and still start accruing some of those other benefits. And, um, you know, there's no uh, financial hit to the airlines to, to bring me on board. So from that regard, um, you know, nothing, nothing there has changed a ton. Okay. Good. Are you guys seeing at the Prescott campus similar to what we're we've been seeing at Daytona or have you anything yeah. stand out to you guys Kevin? Yeah this is what we're seeing and I think it's across the country. Uh, the graduates of, of this uh, of actually tomorrow <laughs> or Saturday for for Prescott uh, those that have secured offers through the uh, through the year uh, we're seeing companies staying with those uh, with those new hires. Not a not a whole lot. Uh, I can count on one hand how many uh, new graduates have had offers rescinded, full time offers rescinded, uh, and uh, it's a wait and see attitude really from a lot of companies. But they're not. Uh, if a, if a graduate has accepted an offer, I think right now they're feeling pretty good. Uh, it's our concern on the Prescott campus, and I'm sure everywhere else on the Tona Beach, those graduates that are still seeking opportunity, mm -hmm. um, they are facing unprecedented times uh, that we have never experienced in this country. And, uh, you know, there's, there's opportunity there, but it's going to take a, a group effort to, to help those graduates succeed in uh, finding their, their career starts, really. Arnold, share with us a little bit about what's what you guys are seeing on your side. Well, on the worldwide side, whereas you you know, as you know, we have a lot of uh, military personnel um, and those who may be considering transitioning uh, into the civilian uh, population might tend to rethink that a little bit now, with the uh, military being a little bit more of a safety net, and of course, mm -hmm. your air force air force pilots are you know very much in 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 demand. However, with, with the economy and with the uh, difficulties with uh, the aviation market now, some of those may reconsider, you know, staying in a little bit longer. So, uh, but we also have those who are, are really actively, uh, who may have already transitioned, uh, may, may feel a little bit more urgency uh, to reach out and to network with us. Anything that else that you would add to that, Rose, or just sort of same along along the same lines? Um, I agree with everything everybody's saying. Actually, um, 
because I deal mostly with the graduate students and alumni that have been graduated for years, um, seeing a lot of furloughed people and students and alumni and worried about if they don't get their jobs back, what are they going to do and things of that nature. But I think it's more aviation. I think Anne was right when she talked about engineering. It's going to be industry specific. Um, I actually had two students just get jobs, and, but they were engineers. So um, I'm mostly seeing a lot of uh, pilots and people in those fields right now. Right. So that brings up a good point. Is the job market changing? And it is. But I think some of the things to, to think about is the um, what is the demand right now? Because if you talk about jobs with Amazon, with supermarkets, with any of those essential workers, that job market is hot. It's needed. It's not enough people. So that's where if you're somebody looking to transition, if you decide that you want to go ahead and pursue that right now, then um, you might want to think about transferring into some of those essential um, industries that are um, looking to fill current positions. So some of the business skills are easily transferable amongst different industries. Um, and of course, you know, those technical skills are really important as well. Um, so you want to think about the, um, you know, the, the jobs that are in demand. And, and in the past, I would say that healthcare has always been an industry that we would say is, is always in demand. But as we're seeing certain kind of healthcare right now, and then certain healthcare is kind of getting laid off a little bit because people aren't um, doing some of those elective types of healthcare um, needs. So um, it's not a you know uh, a complete absolute that healthcare is um, not affected by this because it is. But um, so it just talks. You just want to think about the industry. What's going on, and where could your skills and your type of experience be applicable? Um, if you're concerned about the industry you want to be in, specifically aviation aerospace. That being said, I will tell you that I've been in contact with some employers recently, and they are definitely looking to hire. Um, I talked with an airport in Conway, Arkansas, and they need an airport manager. And um, I'm taught we're setting up a presentation right now for aviation insurance company to talk about internship needs. They have a need. They need people. And then um, we just did a presentation last week uh, or two weeks ago with the FAA. They're hiring for engineering, direct hire for engineering, um, which means you don't have to go through the USA uh, red tape, USA jobs red tape. You can go straight to them through a resume application um, and human factors as well. So it's not just engineering, but definitely those technical, that technical background, that technical skills is, is needed for sure. Um, so I think that the job market, it's still moving. It's not completely stopped. I think it's moving in certain direction and it's moving a little slower. If um, than it was, but it's still there, and employers aren't disengaging at all. Um, they're still wanting to stay contact in contact. So, how can you, as a student um, or an alum, stay relevant in these changing times? And the changing times are definitely that. I mean, we can see from all of our backgrounds, we are working from home. We are working from locations not where we were previously working from. Hey, Nashan, so good to see you. <laughs> 
Um, we're working with all of those times, with all of these um, different changes in our daily routines. And that means in companies are also working in that environment. And um, we have to be able to communicate with them and um, do video interviewing and video virtual interactions appropriately with them to still represent our brand and um, show them what we have to offer. So we want to talk a little bit about how do you stay relevant in these changing times. And that's we're going to cover some different points about digital candidacy, virtual interactions, and virtual interviewing. Um, so first we want to talk about digital candidacy. So this is um, how you look as a candidate digitally, virtually. Um, what does your resume look like? Is it um, the way it should be to apply to online applications? Um, do you engage in, in professional social media like LinkedIn? Are you, are you representing yourself professionally when you do that? Um, are you familiar with interviewing virtually? And what's the, um, you know, what are the tips and things that you can do to be more successful in a virtual interview environment? So I want to bring on the rest of the, the presentation team and let's talk a little bit about um, your updated profiles um, and what you should be doing to make yourself a good digital candidate. So um, with um, updated profiles, we're talking about, you know, are you currently interacting with companies? And um, are you, do you have online applications with them? Do you have a profile with that particular company? Have you updated it recently? And um, would anybody else like to chime in a little bit about the updated profiles, some of your experience and thoughts on that? I would like to say something, Sandy. Um, yeah. Because I have a lot of alum that have been in the workforce for years and finding themselves in the unfortunate situation of being out of work, they had not updated their profiles in a long time. A lot of students, they don't know where to begin. Um, scheduling a one, one wink wink might be a good idea for some. Um, basically, go through your profiles, update your picture, you know, get a, an up-to-date resume on there, make sure it's 100% complete. Uh, if you need any assistance, reach out to Career Services. We're more than happy to help you. And um, make sure that your online presence is competitive with what's going on right now. And if you're not familiar, then you Okay. I think she's having some internet problems, but just picking up from there where she left off is, I, I, I know, I, I just like to say that uh, there, there's no one who is, uh, more in the corner of our students and alumni than our career services office. So uh, a lot of the things that we uh, encourage you to do uh, may, may seem a little bit extreme to, to, to some, but they, they're, they're basically the, the, the basics, the, the things as simple as uh, uploading a photo that's professional looking, not just one where you're hanging out at the beach, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we love those, but also uh, updating your LinkedIn profile. We know some may have some, uh, you know, hesitation about the, the, the uh, vulnerable, you know, being vulnerable to being hacked and that kind of thing. But you, you, you also have control over your privacy settings. So mm -hmm. doing some of the simple things um, to get you to first base and second base and third base. Uh, 
practice your interview skills. We will talk in a little bit, I'm sure, Sandy, about some of the, the excellent tools and resources that we have. But we, we are really here for you to, to go to bat on your behalf and to walk you through um, some of those um, things that you really need to do. Absolutely, Arnold. Those are great tips. Um, yesterday, we had a, a, a town hall with Embraer, and the HR guys from Embraer were talking about all of this. And we'll show, we'll share with you in a minute a link where you can go and, and watch that video, go back and watch that uh, recorded uh, presentation by them. But the um, the HR um, director, Daryl, is all about LinkedIn, and he wants people to have a strong LinkedIn profile. And so what does that mean, um, you know, a strong LinkedIn profile? You want to make sure that your, um, your skills are updated, that you are connecting with people, connecting with alumni, following companies, that you've got a professional picture. And there's ways to make that profile stronger in LinkedIn um, by getting recommendations from people, um, by making sure you've got it filled out as the, the most you can um, and so you want to make sure you're doing that and um, connecting with alumni um, through that and there's a lot of job um, or job postings that happen through LinkedIn he does a lot of recruiting that way as well so um, the social media um, is important the professional social media anyways is very important because I know that he looks at those people's profile and um, and so he's open to people contacting him as well and they are hiring um, they're just having to do a lot of that virtually um, except for of course some of those jobs where you can't do that virtually you have to be in person um, but they're hiring and so another company that has not really been as majorly impacted as um, some other companies right now um, so let's talk about resumes a little bit. Digital resumes. What are some things that stand out to you guys as a team um, to look when you look at a resume of a, of a student or an alum that um, grabs your attention or, or puts you off for just a moment? Can I jump in? Yeah, sure, Darren. Um, I would say that, you know, we've heard the expression before in life, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, now's the time to do the opposite and really sweat the small stuff. Um, what job seekers have to understand is a lot of times that resume, whether it's in person, online, however delivered, that's that first point of contact with the company. And what they're doing at that first point of contact is looking to actually screen out candidates to make their, uh, narrow down their, their search pool. So with that said, you don't want to miss out on an opportunity because of a typo. Um, I always say, especially with how kind of populated our field is with Embry-Riddle alumni, make sure you have that hyphen between Embry and Riddle. Make sure your degree is properly articulated because little things like that tend to stand out. You're definitely on point with that. You definitely have to have those little details that mean a lot to those alumni that are looking at your resume, to those alumni you're reaching out to to connect to. So those are really great points, Darren. Yeah, definitely be aware of the little details. Have more than one set of eyes look at it. Um, I'd just like to add, Sandy, and following up with what Darren was saying uh, about resume uh, and, and especially your profiles. Uh, one segment of industry that is still hiring and that we're still getting job uh, requests into and and requests for uh, 
graduates uh, to send their resumes to, of course, are the defense contractors, uh, the Raytheons, the Lockheed Martins, the Northrop Grumman's all out here out west. They're, they're still searching. They're still seeking candidates. And when you uh, go and apply to a Raytheon website, uh, not only if there's an opportunity there and you're putting your profile information up on their website applying for that job, but that profile stays with Raytheon until, until you take it off. And so you can always go up and update your profile uh, with those different companies. And when opportunities do come up, they oftentimes recruiter, recruiters are going to search their own database first. Who, who, what resumes, what candidates do we have already in our system? And so it's important, I think, for, uh, for recent graduates, alums, those looking for opportunity to uh, look at the segment of industry, as you indicated, uh, that is looking, that is hiring, and then the importance, obviously, of, of your resume and the profile information, having it exact, having it uh, represent the best self you can or the best you possible, and, uh, and then going forth uh, and, and really putting yourself out there as often and as frequently as possible. Those are Kevin. great points. Yeah, go ahead, Arnold. And I'd, I'd like to add on that and uh, to piggyback off of Darren as well. Uh, we, we see a lot of times that our students, um, as we say, like to throw the kitchen sink at their resume. But there, there, there are times when less is more, and it's best for it to be streamlined and uh, use that job description uh, for those keywords and those buzzwords. Uh, customize that resume for each position it's worth the time. I, I know it's, it's, it's easy to use the same resume for 10 different positions, but the more that you customize your, your resume, I think the, the, the better results you have. Yeah, and we'll talk about in just a minute the virtual interactions, but um, one of the things as kind of Kevin was mentioning about these defense contractors still hiring, um, we've had, we just hosted like a week or so ago a um, couple events with Lockheed Martin virtually, and those events were posted in Handshake. So for the alumni who aren't necessarily um, connected with Handshake, which is our career management system, um, you want to get connected and you can do that. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes on the, um, the resources available to you. But because once you get into Handshake, you will be able to find these virtual events. And there are a lot of companies right now doing virtual events. The thing particularly with Lockheed Martin that was shared with us was when you participate in their events, they have you register through their system I think it's called yellow ahead of time and when you do that they track that and it helps to increase your um, your candidacy so that's so the more involved the more that you show you're connecting you're trying to um, you know follow them be in touch with them go to their presentations the um, that helps your application. Of course, you have to have the basic qualifications, but it helps your application when they're looking at their candidates. So um, they're wanting to see people who are really interested and really wanting to work for them. So definitely take advantage of these virtual um, uh, presentations that companies are doing right now, and, and you can use Handshake to check some of those out. I mean, they're doing it through other resources as well, but Handshake, they're advertising a lot of these opportunities, so you want to make sure you check that out. 
Um, interviewing skills, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but just know that interviewing skills, interviewing digitally, a lot of the same things are um, you want to practice as you would face to face, but there are some differences and um, we'll talk about that in just a minute under virtual interviewing. Digital fluency. Erin, um, you want to share, can you share a little bit about digital fluency? Well, how many of us on this call have uh, learned a whole lot of new things in the last week and month and a half, right? I think a lot of us didn't know, I know I didn't know the difference between WebEx and Zoom and whatever. So digital fluency is something that we're all going to need to be um, proficient at from here on out, even when I think things correct. Um, I don't think that it's going to backtrack. I think we're only going to get fancier and fancier with it uh, moving forward. And there's going to be an expectation that you know how to do things. In the last six weeks, of course, everybody's been giving each other quite a bit of grace when things go awry. Um, employers have used some digital interviewing things for a long time, and we haven't heard a whole lot of I haven't heard a whole lot of good things about it from either the employer or the student side, but it's something that um, they have to do right now, and we don't know what it'll look like in the future, really. Um, but these are, you know, key skills that can set you apart to some degree, your ease with it. Um, I've been surprised at how many students haven't known certain things, how to do certain things that I could help them with, and Vice versa. I've been surprised at things I couldn't figure out, didn't know how to do, and a student might have helped me with it in an appointment. Um, I think something I learned today is that we, part of it is, is you don't know what system the person you're interacting with has, and they don't know your system. And I think it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Obviously, there's a lot more um, just thinking about people who have Macs and people who have PCs, there's a lot more interaction and ease with those sharing documents and such than there was. But to sum up, the entire world, every person is in a different place with their digital fluency. So what do you do for yourself? I think it's like anything else, any other skill you want to learn, you, you just want to realize where you want to figure out where you are with it and how can you upgrade your skills. And just little by little, do a little bit every week. Uh, Linda, courses online. I, really, Google's my go-to. I want to know how to do something, I Google it, and there it is in multiple formats. Um, yeah. So I, I, that's only a portion of digital fluency. This is a big conversation mm -hmm. that a lot of people may have approached the answer to this question very differently, but it's just such a huge it really is. topic. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that digital fluency also, those are all great points, Erin, for sure. Um, digital fluency also talks about how um, well you know the things that you know. Do you just know it a little bit or do you are you really versed in it? Because if that employer is looking for that skill, they want to know that you completely understand it or understand it really proficiently to do your job so that that's not something that's going to hold you back. So by knowing the industry, the job type that you want to go into, you want to find out what are the skills that are needed for that. Make sure you have those and that you're good at them because those are um, ways to really stand out as a candidate, especially when other people um, 
are coming to the applications with those skills already. So you want to, you don't want to be lagging behind on that. So really start to do a self-evaluation of what your skills are, what's needed, and how you can increase those skills. And we'll talk about that in resources in a minute, but the LinkedIn learning, as Erin mentioned, the um, uh, the uh, Linda is um, is definitely really helpful. You can learn all kinds of things on there. So There's also the idea of what do you post to what social media? Yeah, so some of the things media. you find on LinkedIn, you wouldn't put on your Facebook page and definitely things you'd put on your Facebook page, you don't put on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. Everyone knows that, right? Absolutely. So yeah, it's not just about the social media, but it is about the social media too. And the like content. Appropriately. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Okay, let's move on to virtual. Wait, let's go back, Bill. Let's talk about virtual interactions real quick. Um, so virtual interactions is when you are interacting with people um, virtually, whether that is interviewing, but it's also maybe in career fairs that are um, uh, virtual career fairs. And what, you know, what's appropriate there? Um, Arnold, you had a few points you were sharing with us about, um, you know, speaking and communicating virtually. Yeah, it's, it's very important. I, I, I know for, uh, and I know this is part of it, is in virtual interview. Uh, but a lot of companies now in their interviews, they're requiring you to do a video. Um, and and they, they will ask you a question and, and you have to answer the question. And it's really a, a right or wrong answer. They're looking to see if you have the... Uh, uh, you know, how do you react to pressure? How, how do you, can you look directly in, into the, the camera and articulate uh, a competent answer? Uh, so there, there's a lot of different parts to virtually interacting. So some things that you might take for granted uh, in a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you have to be uh, particularly mindful when, when you're interacting virtually. Your emails, uh, definitely typos. Uh, do you word it right? We, we know what uh, conversational tone is. Well, can't necessarily read into, you know, words all the time that you craft uh, your sentences appropriately and at the appropriate level. If you're interacting with uh, a CEO or vice president or even an HR person, you want to be very, very mindful of, of how you um, come across even, even in, in an email. Uh, there's, I, I think with the, maybe with the younger generation, there, there tends to be a tendency to uh, maybe do a lot of uh, acronyms or, or, what's the term, slang or different things that maybe an older person like myself might not understand. So you might have to spell it out. So I'll stop right there. Um, yeah, exactly. Those are all very, definitely very good points. Um, interacting with alumni um, for networking purposes, but ultimately you're maybe wanting to like get some inside information about working for a company, that type of thing. You always want to be careful about making sure that you are representing yourself um, the best way possible. And also always ask for advice first, instead of asking about the job, you just kind of want to ease into that. Let them get to know you a little bit before you ask them for any additional help or um, you're passing a resume on. You don't want to just kind of jump right into that. You want them to get a chance to um, connect with you and um, 
uh, get a feel for you as a potential candidate before they go on and, and put their um, recommendation on the line for you. And so uh, since we're doing so much virtually these days, uh, connecting through LinkedIn is really helpful. Through your alumni chapters is really helpful um, just to start that network, but make sure that you're doing it professionally. Um, and with all the appropriate emails and, um, you know, professional communications as you can. So Erin, you had a few um, points about chat boxes I'd like for you to share real quick. Well, we all text and we all text in our own little style and we text differently to our supervisor than we do to our friends. <laughs> chat boxes, like Arnold was saying, should be considered as professional as a professional email. Um, one of the things that virtual inter, uh, career fairs sometimes have are just chat rooms where you don't get to meet face-to-face -face and talk. It's all chatting, uh, typing. So I recommend students um, take a Word document and put some sentences on it that are likely to be used or can be quickly modified for your typical interview questions. Tell me about yourself. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Why are you interested in this position? Why this company? So you have to do it for every company as well. Um, this can speed it up as well, you know, the back and forth, because in those rooms you get about eight minutes per recruiter. But they're going to look and evaluate on how well the grammar is, the spelling, all of it. And they want it to be as clear as you can be. Yeah. That's, Sandy, I think yeah. someone had a question in the chat box there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Says, uh, Darisha, I once participated in a virtual interview and the other party was not viewable. Should you continue and you cannot see the person conducting the interview? As long as you know that they're there and maybe they've you know, covered up their camera like some of you guys have, don't have a, a picture up or your camera um, is viewable at this point. I would say as long as you know they're there, I would go ahead as long as you feel comfortable with the company um, and the position that you are interviewing with. Um, sometimes there's part of the interview is a pre-recorded thing and so obviously no one's going to be on that side of it but um yeah as long as they're communicating back with you maybe they had a, a camera issue but they can type but their camera just stopped working or something then um but you could always clarify that it's always good to ask if they were there and then all of a sudden they're not i would ask hey are you still there do you want me to continue um without being able to see you i think that's totally fine anybody else have anything they'd like to share about that but always assume that they uh, are there. Yes, you I agree. Don't want to take a, a right <laughs> in the middle, but just just assume that you're that you're <laughs> right. It was it was difficult, but you know I kept my eye on the camera, tried to yes. you know uh, uh, or give the impression of eye contact, even though mm -hmm. I couldn't see the other person. Yeah. Um. So it was a little difficult, but uh, I was just concerned about how um, I guess the whole you know, not being able to see that other person and how I was coming across being the fact that I couldn't see the person that I was talking to. Yeah. Just think of it like a phone interview. You can't see them. You're just talking on the phone. So it's sort of the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, it's funny because I'm like, completely staring at this little circle on my computer monitor and I'm trying not to look at the other people because that way you're seeing me making direct eye contact to you versus looking down at the person on the screen and then you're not really 
what you're seeing is not what I'm seeing. So you want to practice with that. And that actually comes in, leads us into the virtual interviewing, um, how that is a little bit different. Of course, the, the interview preparation should still be very similar, but the actual virtual interviewing could be slightly different than that face-to-face, -face, which, of course, you would have that person there in front of you um, they still are there's just on the camera um, and so you do have to get comfortable looking at that camera and talking um, and know what they're seeing so that takes some practice I know the first um, time I I worked with um, a virtual interviewing program um, that we were offering in our office this is several years back um, it took a while but my camera that I placed on top of the computer you know wasn't built in at the time um, had a nice little circle right around the camera and when it was recording it turned red so I knew to look at that and that helped me to get a little more comfortable with it but practice practice and I think we're all getting that opportunity right now to practice virtual interviewing can I give you a quick tip sure um, if you are lucky enough to have two monitors, take a big monitor and put it behind your small monitor and pull up a bunch of browsers that you may or may want to refer to. And one of them can be the LinkedIn profile of the person you're talking to. So you can see their picture or any other way that you can get a picture of them or their name or anything else that you want up. And it can be helpful. Like right now, I'm not looking into the circle. I'm looking above it. And I know our pictures are too tiny right now to really tell. But even when you look at the camera, you almost look like you're looking down. If you look just a little above, then you look like you're looking into it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's yeah, not, I'm sure. This is not easy stuff. Phone interviews aren't easy either. Yeah. They do say that anything longer than a second and a half pause, uh, people tend to. Um, Feel like the person's less engaged mm -hmm. that's not very long a second and a half and what I teach students to do if they need to pause is to say that's a really great question let me think about that for mm -hmm. a second I and agree not to lose contact that way yeah. try not to Darren do you have any tips you'd like to share about that yeah I just wanted to add in really quick I always tell students you know get a, a fluorescent pink post-it note and put it right above the camera with a little note just again to remind them to, uh, you know, fight, <laughs> fight that kind of urge to, to look down at the screen and remind them that that's where they need to be making the eye contact. Yep. That's actually a good tip. I used to tell students for phone interviewing to write on the top of their notepad, smile, because it changes the tone of your voice. Um, you can do the same thing on that little sticky note, write smile, turning the sticky note upside down so that the sticky part's on your computer, and you could see smile because it makes a big difference when you're not smiling and when you're smiling in the camera um, make helps that person to feel a little bit of your personality and that they'd like one they, if they would want to work with you or not so yeah those are good tips Sandy I, I also think probably practicing the, the format of your uh, answers to questions uh, would really help uh, sometimes you tend to um, maybe rant a little bit and not answer the question directly. But if you uh, create a format of where you address uh, what you're in your answer, what your, uh, what the scenario was, uh, what you did uh, in reaction to the scenario, and last but not least, 
what were the results of your actions. And if you format your answer in that way, you, you would be very concise and um, you won't tend to ramble. So practicing that, you know, uh, regardless of what the, what the question is. And another small tip that I normally pass along to our students, you, you get a lot of behavioral scenario questions. So what I would tend to do is maybe pre-select uh, four or five different scenarios that you can use interchangeably. That's if you're not trying to come up with a different scenario for each question, something that's kind of applicable. Uh, I think that would really help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great tips. You're working on that format, that um, star format or situation behavior outcome format is always helpful to keep your answer in line and on point. Um, practice for sure. But some of the other parts about virtual interviewing um, that come up that are a little different than face-to-face -face is that some companies are using um, pre-screened, pre-recorded questions. Um, before they even do a face a virtual face-to-face -face interview so you might get an interview from a company um, and they send you a link and they say we want you to answer these questions online first and you're going to record yourself answering them so you're going to get an a question that comes up and then you have to push the record button and sometimes you're going to get a few other um, uh, you'll get a few seconds, maybe 30 to 60 seconds, or maybe multiple times that you can practice your answer before you actually save your recorded answer. But just be prepared for that and, um, you know, make sure that your environment is professional when you're doing that, that you don't have a distracting background, that you, um, you know, have eliminated your distractions around you, such as dogs barking, um, your your other computer screen popping in messages, you know, whatever might be um, a distraction during the interview, make sure you've eliminated all that, that you've practiced, as Arnold said, that you're prepared professionally, and then, um, you know, that you are prepared to talk and you've practiced your um, talking about your qualifications. So next week on the next slide, I'll show you next week, we're going to be doing another full presentation about virtual interviewing. And um, so we can talk some more about that. Um, then if you'd like to join us, but before we go to the next slide, which our resources slide, one of our alumni in the shot wants to share a little bit about some of his experience. Can you unmute? Um, can you unmute yourself in the shot? Just make it just super quick, some a few little tips. So a lot of you might have your interview, especially with the years of experience you have, which may ask you for a case study or to make a presentation. So in those scenarios, always, always email your presentation or case ready before 24 hours of your interview and explain some things about it on the email. And another thing that helps is when you present it, you share the presentation on the screen, but let your interviewer know that you can keep it open and I'll walk you through if you want to keep it open on your computer because the screen sharing platform may not have a good internet connection. They can't see it clearly. So that definitely helps. And every interviewer is going to let you know what platform they're going to use for an interview. And most platforms have a trial version for a week, 10 days, or 15 days. So it's always a good practice to set up your interview location as if you're interviewing today for tomorrow's interview and practice with that trial version of the application with a friend or a professor or a colleague or somebody you trust 
So you get that confidence and you also can record it to then see how you appeared on the screen. That would definitely help. And always smile, as Sandy said, because if you can't meet someone, can't give a handshake, that smile is going to speak a million words for you. So show your confidence, smile, practice a day ahead, send your material for presentations ahead of the time, and be open to make it a two-way dialogue and not just questions being fired and answers going on. This is something that's going to be extremely important when you do a virtual interview, which sometimes people get nervous and don't realize that it's still the same interview as you would have had in person, but it's virtual. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Nishant. I know you've had a lot of experience with that and you were quite successful. So thanks for sharing that. I know we're getting close to the time. So we want to go quickly to the, um, the next slide, which is our, um, our toolkit and our, um, uh, resources slide. And um, so Bill's recording this presentation so you can um, go back and review it and you can, we can also share um, this presentation too with you. But just so you know, some of the um, tools that are available to you right now that you can, um, you can implement and start to utilize is, um, you know, look into what are some of those skills you might want to um, kind of strengthen and how you can get some of those uh, skills, um, you know, through some online learning types of certification programs, LinkedIn learning. I know when I started working from home because of all of this, I used LinkedIn learning to review some new programs that I wasn't familiar with that would help me to work more efficiently from home. So um, if you're still a student, or if you've recently graduated, you have access to LinkedIn Learning through your Ernie account. If you no longer have access to Ernie, then um, you can, through a LinkedIn Premium account, have access to LinkedIn Learning from what I saw looking online. And I believe right now LinkedIn is giving people, um, you can get a 30-day trial. I think you have to give them your credit card to do that, but a free 30-day trial. Um, but I think right now they're giving a 60-day trial instead of just 30 days. So um, you can always cancel at that point, but that'd be enough time to really kind of maybe um, utilize some of that LinkedIn learning. There's also some online certification programs through like Coursera where you can do like project management and some other types of online, some um, like I think SQL and some other certifications you can get through there and those are free from what we've we've seen and heard about in the past. Um, some colleges, actually a lot of colleges are doing some um, some MOOCs as well and they have some free online programs you can, I mean even Embry-Riddle was offering some um, some free classes online uh, during this time for kids as well as for, um, you know, college and in, in, uh, alumni too. Some of professional associations are offer, also offering some professional development opportunities. And so if you are involved with a professional association for your career field, whether it's, you know, women in aviation, it's SHIP, it's um, Society for Women Engineers, it's, um, you know, AAAE, whatever it might be, check them out because they might be offering something that you could utilize. Also, if you, um, if you aren't involved in a professional association, you might want to check into your, whatever your career field you're interested in. Let's say it was human resources. You might want to, um, you know, check into SHRM and get a, getting a membership. Some of them are offering, I think Aaron was sharing that uh, some of them are offering some uh, really low priced membership fees right now for people. 
Is that right, Aaron? Yeah. Ship was? Course fees. For, oh, course. You have to be a member of ship, but the course fees are really um, low, but there's just so many things to do. You can get certifications you didn't have time to get while you're in school. Um, Brian says, can we list a couple certifications you think were most universally valued? I really think that depends on the career field you're going into. Obviously, if you're a pilot, some certifications there are really highly valued. Um, if you are, you know, project, money to do project management, um, then your project management certifications would be good. If you're interested in like data analytics, then obviously things like SQL, Tableau, certifications like that. Um, there's some airport certifications. There are um, some engineering programs, obviously, being um, in certificate, certified engineering professional. Um, so I think it depends on your career field. Did you respond uh, to what your career interest was? No. Hey, you know, uh, oh, okay. This is Brian. Uh, I'm currently a pilot looking at furlough, possibly. Okay. So um, trying to cast a wide net, honestly. Um, you know, I Maybe Darren can can chat about that um, uh, with you since he does work with them directly. But I think you know, kind of what's your what's what you're thinking about what that field is you're wanting to go into um, is is how is helpful. Like I know there's pilots that start their own little businesses on the side, not little, but doing businesses on the side could be safety management types of things. It could be you know some website design or things like that. It just Depends on what your interests and in, in extra skills are and where you kind of want to um, explore that. But um, for a lack of, for, for keeping it on track, let's just, we'll move forward and we can always chat offline about that, Brian. Because um, I want to talk really quickly about these assist, the assistance and resources available for students and alumni. Obviously, like I said before, you can update your resume, upload it to Handshake, and someone from one of the campuses will review it for you based on who you, um, oh, thanks, Arnold, um, who you, uh, you know, what campus you graduated from, we'll get back with you and give you some tips and pointers. Um, but we've also got some uh, virtual resources available. Um, Career Services, Daytona Beach has a uh, uh, YouTube channel where we've uploaded some uh, recordings uh, about how to use Handshake specifically. Uh, we have a digital or a virtual interview program where you can practice interviewing and recording yourself and there's some pre-recorded questions, uh, some feedback on how to make those questions, um, those answers really uh, strong and that's called the big interview and there's a, a video we made about how to utilize that and it's housed in Handshake. Um, Career Shift is another great one. It's a supplement to Handshake. Um, it's a job aggregator. So it's pulling currently posted positions from companies and um, to help you find those companies in those positions. You might not know to search for ABC company, but if you, um, you know, if you're using the system, you might find a posting there and then that's, that's in, aligned with what you're interested in. So you might want to check out those virtual resources and that's in the Career Services Digital uh, or um, YouTube page. And if you have a YouTube account and you would like to subscribe to our account and follow us, it helps to increase our following and then we can give you a much nicer URL too <laughs> with that. Um, Career Services has a very in-depth website 
and this covers all three campuses. We all use the same career services website, so please check that out. We've got lots of tips on interviewing, on developing a portfolio, on looking for federal jobs, on military transition. There's lots of resources available there. Um, of course, you want to make sure you're uh, connecting with people on LinkedIn. You see these presenters here, all of us today, feel free to reach out to us and connect with us on LinkedIn. We all will have LinkedIn profiles and we're happy to, um, to connect with you. And then utilize your alumni chapters as well. Um, those professional associations, like I mentioned. And then as Rose mentioned earlier, um, you know, you can set up one-on-one -on -one appointments with your career advisors. And now thanks to things like Zoom, um, we can do one-on-ones virtually from home with you. So um, that'll make it a lot easier. You don't have to come to campus to talk to us or talk by phone. And then we have some other really neat virtual resources to check out. Um, Going Places is a blog. It's housed on our Career Services website. And we highlight alumni, um, employer uh, advice, uh, companies, just a lot of information there. So make sure you check that out. We also have a podcast, and um, that is called Going Places with Career Services, and if you want to check us out, we're on all the typical podcast sites, Spotify, and um, uh, um, Apple, and um, yeah, all the other ones, you, you know who they are. We also have a neat new program we're offering through Instagram, and it's called the Career Development Develop Minute with Rai Rai, the career guy, and that's on Instagram TV, and so if you want to check that out on the Career Services um, Instagram account, we've given some real quick couple minute um, advice to you right now and keeping it relevant. Um, and as I mentioned, we have a um, upcoming event next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's called Navigating the Virtual Interview. We'll also talk and cover big interview during that time. Um, not as extensively as I'm going to be on the video, but we will talk about that. So hope that we can see you then and we can chat some more um, about virtual interviewing. And I think that's all we kind of have for now. Thank you, Sandy. Well done. A uh, lot of information to go through. Yes. Uh, as everybody can tell, uh, once we once we start getting into this topic, it will grow and it will grow and it will grow. And so often, and Sean, thank you for adding some of the your feedback as well. So often, these conversations lead us into other conversations and and help us steer where we're going to go. Uh, we have you saw that next week the virtual interview we will be doing phase two of what's in your toolkit we'll be advertising that out in a few weeks uh, there's a lot of activities going on but I think the most important part is we've had chat going on we have your name we'll be sending a follow-up email to everybody and thank you for attending you'll be able to reach back out to career services but I thought this was very valuable I thought the information was excellent and I really appreciate everyone in the career services for supporting and putting this on. So on behalf of the Office of Alumni Engagement, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody for attending. Again, thank you career services. Let's stay strong out there. Contact us if you need anything else and uh, we will all get through this. We will all support each other through this. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Talent Talks. The next webinar in this series is coming up on May 27th. If you'd like to participate, sign up at uh, alumni.ereu.edu slash events, or you can listen to a recording afterwards here on this podcast feed. If you'd like to follow up with us about this show or anything else, you can find contact information for our offices at alumni.ereu.edu and careerservices.ereu.edu.